Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to another Star Wars Lads Review. Today, we're talking about The High Republic Convergence, the newest book in The High Republic, the first adult novel in Phase 2 of The High Republic. We'll be diving into this novel right now, but before we do so, please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel for continued Star Wars content. We want to thank you all for helping us get to 1,000 subscribers. It's a big milestone for our channel. We'll definitely do something to celebrate here in the future, but we want to say thank you from us to you. We appreciate all of your support. It's meant a lot to us to help us grow and be a, a nice place for all of us to come and enjoy and appreciate Star Wars here together. So we want to thank you for your support. And hopefully we can continue to keep growing and talking more Star Wars with more of you down the line. So let us know if you've read High Republic Convergence. Let us know in the comments below what you thought of the book. And uh, if you have not read the book, don't worry, because we will be going in a non-spoiler review, giving you our thoughts and our score. So then if you hear our thoughts and you are interested in picking up this book, hopefully you do so wherever you can get your books or audiobooks. We both listened to an audio review copy of this book, so our perspective is going to be coming from audiobook uh, format. But not to worry, I usually listen to the audiobook and the book at the same time. So I, I think this is going to be not uh, too different from a normal book review for us. Uh, this it was a really good audiobook as well. So if you're interested in the audiobook, check it out. Mark Thompson, always great. All right, so let's dive into the High Republic Convergence here. So we usually do our book reviews in a couple different parts. We start with story and kind of general impressions on the way the narrative played out here in the High Republic Convergence. Sonic, what were your thoughts on the narrative here in this book? Yeah, I think if you were looking for like a light of the Jedi, rising storm, fallen or uh, fallen star sort of story. It's not exactly presented that way. Um, I think probably the closest to that that we'll be getting in phase two appears to be the path of deceit and the path of series that's coming out in the young adult novels. Um, and and I think it's pretty interesting because while we described that in our review as being like a very mature, very plot focused story that happened to have characters that we could follow, but a lot of things were happening with structure, organization, people and groups involved. This one is more like, yeah, we have those same things, but it feels like a more younger, youthful adult novel. It's not necessarily heavy on establishing the galaxy as a whole it's very self-contained um it's it really does build off of like some hints that we've gotten about like the history that's affecting the events of some of the smaller stories in phase one and now we're kind of getting the history behind it and i think i think it's pretty cool i think like liam was saying off camera before we started this is like one of those stories that kind of fits into like probably what we thought the high republic would be more like like star wars stories that were just about things about stuff that appeared that flesh out the period without necessarily plotting a very linear track like we got in high republic phase one because as much as we love high republic phase one that that's that story is about just like a year and a half of like disastrous events and an evil force coming up to power it's not about you know, the higher public and all the things that have happened. And I think we haven't read the comics yet. We haven't read the junior novel yet, but I think these two stories that we have read, or in this case, listened to have definitely given us parts of 
the higher public and a little bit more understanding of like what's going on here um, in this era as it's definitely growing into its own maturity. And it's not necessarily, you know, very focused in that sense, but that that's okay. And in and, and this story, our focus here is like, hey, let's just talk about the people of these two planets, have some familiar characters like Jedis and uh, Republic and some of the same ideas that were very strongly presented, like expansion of the Republic into an influence and more outer rim planets and stuff like that. Let's let's start off a little bit smaller here. So if if, if you're looking for just a Star Wars story, I think it's it's really fun. If you're if you're looking for plot and connections and all that, you're you'll get some stuff, but it, it's not necessarily anywhere to the same level as like a Phase One book was. Um, but I, I mean, I enjoyed the narrative. I, I think it took me a few chapters to get used to the question of like, why, why is this stuff happening? And then it just settled in and it was a fun ride. I sort of really enjoy like a lot of the middle portion where all of these characters are quite literally just on like a barge together, doing missions and stuff together. And that, that was fun because then these dynamics had, that we started picking up from these personalities get to interact and foster into something new and different. And that's that's where the story shines. It's when the plot kind of pulls them all apart in a way. Is where I got a little bored at times with the narrative. It's still a very explosive and fun, and it is a Star Wars book in the best way. But I, I think the best meatiest parts were in the middle. I guess if I could give, give a comparison, is like we have the plotting of High Republic Phase One. Think of that as like Book One of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Book Two. Things are happening on um, Book Two Earth, but it's more about like how these characters are growing, what's happening in the small city, what's happening on the certain day. And that's what this book felt like for me. These characters are learning and growing, and that's that's fun to listen to. I could forget what the story is in a day, but I'll remember these interactions that I listen to. This book was written by Zareda Cordova, whose only other Star Wars work, I believe, was a Crash of Fate, which was a Galaxy's Edge book, and that was a, a romantic drama. I've not read that one, so I'm not 100% sure what if it's a drama or a comedy, but it's a romantic novel. And this is another romantic novel, kind of with action elements and dramatic elements, and I thought this novel works really well when it sticks to its core of its characters. It's not an expansive novel, and it's not nearly as expansive as we usually get with our adult books in The High Republic. So if you are somebody who's read the first three adult books and you haven't ventured into the rest of The High Republic, and now you're expecting this to continue that same trend, I don't believe we are going to be continuing that trend in the adult books. It seems especially based on the cover for the next adult book and the characters that are present here, that story will very much be continuing over there. But our, our characters are adults, even if they're young younger adults, but they are adults and they're dealing with quite adult problems. And this novel, when it sticks to that story, is quite good. I felt like the, the Nile in general, not the Nile, the Path of the Open Hand, the connections to the rest of the High Republic here definitely are looser than almost any High Republic novel we've read so far. It is not seriously rooted in the conflict of the path of the open hand and therefore the Nile in phase one. So if that's the angle you're coming from, hoping for the continuation of the story, 
you're not necessarily going to get it in large chunks. But what is here is an interesting story about galaxy building. Really, it's this is the real look at the Star Wars galaxy pushing on at further and further into the Outer Rim, helping with conflicts that really a lot of the people out there don't really want them involved with. It's the Republic trying to creep in and, and further expand. And it's also the Jedi battling kind of that that whole idea of are we connected to the Republic? Are we our own entity? How do we really build into the future here of the galaxy? How do we connect with these people? And I think from all those ideas, like you mentioned, this is a, a this is a book that really gives us our first our first true look at kind of this era of exploration that the High Republic has always been built, but we haven't really seen, especially in Path of Deceit. It's such a small book. It all takes place in one spot and it's very driven. It's, it's a thriller. It's got a lot of tension and it's character driven, but also kind of manipulation driven. It's all about the seediness of who's doing what and ideology. This book's not as much about ideology, but what it is about is the, political importance of the Republic's impact on the galaxy, the political importance of the Jedi on the galaxy and the way they're able to help foundationalize really a lot of places in the Outer Rim and help create peace, which is ultimately what a Jedi's goal is. So I found all of that quite enjoyable. Let's get into the characters though, because as you kind of alluded to, there are four main characters and I think the characters are what work best about this book. It is kind of a character-driven book where the overarching plot doesn't really alter throughout the book too often. It is pretty consistent. Like the characters have a goal at the beginning and they're trying to achieve that goal by the end. And it's basically that plot throughout the entire book with a couple of twists and turns. But the characters and their relationships and how they evolve and how they develop is really what carries this book. We have four main characters, the two of whom are our leads, the princess of Arano. Ziri Albaran, who is the heir to this kind of desert planet, this planet's in a drought, that is the twin planet of Irem. Von Tuzin is our main character from the Irem perspective. And so those two characters are paired with obviously dueling ideologies. These planets have been warring for a long time with our Jedi character, Gelanatai, who is definitely a secondary character to these two. And then we have Axel Greylark, who is the son of one of the two chancellors currently in charge of the Republic, who is also part of this little group. Sonic, what were your thoughts on these four kind of foundational characters of this novel, but also kind of just the characters in general in this book? Yeah, I actually became a fan of these characters, maybe once we reached the double digit chapters. Um, I think if you're, reading this and especially if you're listening to this um i know liam has already prefaced this by saying he usually listens and reads to the book but i've very rarely read listened to audiobooks i think on this channel the only audiobook that i've read was death troopers and then the audio drama obviously of tempest runner and for me when i was <laughs> when i was uh listening to this story the first nine chapters with these characters as they're being introduced were actually where i struggled the most because we would get a perspective of a character, like our main character, our princess character, and she's talking about her whole flight crew and, you know, they're 
handling business in the quarter and stuff like that. And then things happen. And then whoever it happens to, then we were starting to switch into their perspective. And while that's fine, it was repetitive at times. It kind of made me get a little frustrated and kind of zone out with the story, at least the first few chapters. It's once we kind of got our whole cast together, our four main characters together, and then our supporting cast was, you know, lined up around them, positioned pr- properly. That's where I felt the story, like, went right. It, it, it felt like, you know, all these supporting characters, like the Jedi, the two chancellors, um, you know, they were pushing pieces onto a board, but there's still four main players, and these four main players can either absorb or reject these things that are going on. And I, I think that structure of having the supporting characters kind of throw things in and it, uh, having these four characters kind of dictate the story on their terms. And I mean, th- I enjoyed the characters. I like the prince and the princess. Their dynamic is very much like they have to deal with the political realities and the economic and war of that, that's been affecting they're two planets for generations and they have a chance to fix that. And the way to fix that is to come together. And this one felt very sweet and rich at the same time. There's nothing wrong with being like a classic love story. Um, I, I think I thought both characters had a lot of history and a lot of um, real motivations for, you know, caring for their planets respectively, but also learning to care for each other that, when they kept them coming closer and closer together, even if events occurred that I didn't really care about the story because I felt just from the moments that they shared, the dialogue that they shared, they were growing towards each other because it's not just necessarily pure attraction, but the pure respect for each other. I thought that was one of the sweetest things. Um, I think Sour sometimes gets carried away with like big flashy moments when sometimes the purest and longest lasting relationships in the saga have been because people have trusted each other and this felt very much reminiscent of that uh our, our jedi character um i'm blanking on her name uh but she gala. yeah gala she i mean she has her own jedi crew that she can always kind of bounce back to but, but i don't know but for me when i when i followed her story it, it was it was fun for a, a, a large large portion of the story it was when Greylark kind of came into the picture and then their dynamic started forming. I don't know if it was anywhere near as, I mean, it was intriguing. I don't get me wrong. I think it had way more potential than the prince and the princess. I think the payoff for their dynamic in their pairing wasn't necessarily as rich for me. There was always like the basic building blocks of like their differences and why they don't necessarily get along with each other, but then they'd like make some small, like, okay, small, like, okay, I understand you now a little bit. Okay. I'm learning a little bit more about your emotions. Great. But it felt too similar at times to what was already going on with a much richer, like burgeoning romance. And then anything that was uniquely different about them with their positions as the chancellor, one of the chancellor's sons, one of these Jedi, I don't know. They had some, they, it had some awkward, clunky connections for me, even if I think they were really trying to make these characters work together. And there were scenes that they absolutely stole. 
Um, I think like the dance scene alone um, was like a very strong moment for me that I really enjoyed. And I think Greylark as a character on his own is great. I think um, our Jedi as a character, she's great alone. It's when, when they were kind of connecting. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. But uh, overall, I, I, I'd say if you can focus on these four characters and then see all these other characters kind of throw things at them and see how they react and you focus on their reactions, I think that was always the richest stuff for me. I'd agree with that. And I actually, I find it interesting that uh, you didn't really dig the Axel and Gela relationship as much because personally, that was kind of the burgeoning, the juxtaposition between the relationships between uh, Ziri and Fantuzin and then also Axel and Gela. I, I felt like that was one of the strongest parts of this book because Axel, in a way, is very reminiscent of like a 20 different Star Wars characters we've seen, other than him being the Chancellor's son. Doesn't really have too many personality differences from a ton of, especially Star Wars book characters, but also a lot of Star Warsy scoundrel type characters. Where and then it's kind of almost that Han and Leia type relationship, except he's rich instead of instead of like a swindler, but he still has that like swindler scoundrelly heart to him. And and Gela is the rule follower and and doesn't want to mess up and trying to be a leader. And I felt like the way they pair the two of them in a lot of situations worked much better for me than when they were by themselves where Gellif was honestly, I felt like the very first 10, 11 chapters or so Gellif was probably one of the most boring Jedi I've read in the high Republic in this entire initiative. I honestly might be the boring, most boring out of any lead Jedi in, in a high Republic book so far. But as the story started to progress, it was her, the way she's looking at relationships, but also her vision for her future and the way she relates to the Jedi ideology. I think that's something that's been a key element of the High Republic so far through phase one and phase two is the continual exploration of what is the Jedi ideology and how do the Jedi out, how does the Jedi outlook on the world and on people and on relationships on, on helping people in general work in this time period. So I think, between Path of Deceit and now Convergence, we're getting a nice look at two very different types of Jedi, to, and especially in age. This is this is a Jedi who I believe is definitely mentioned to be in her late 20s, early 30s, where our Jedi in Path of Deceit was like a teenager, mid-teenager. So two completely different perspectives of, of Jedi, but and also kind of both going through relationship, or at least temptations of relationship, and seeing the way both react, I think is it was an interesting idea. And I do like the Fontuzin and Ziri elements. I'm looking forward to them kind of growing as characters. I really like their relationship in this book, and I like how their relationship grows and progresses and turns into what it is by the end of the novel. Uh, personally, I felt like the characters don't change as much, more so just their acceptance of each other which is, you know, obviously what you're expecting in a ro romantic novel. So I would like to see how their ideologies are tested a bit more here in the future. I, I would, I think they're very much so on board with each other throughout the whole novel. I would like to see what is hinted at towards the second half of this book being kind of the plot of probably the next book, which is hopefully their ideologies being tested for 
being completely different rivals <laughs> they're like they're set up to be in the first half of those books so all of that i thought was strong so the characters for me are actually what kind of kept this book alive still though i would not say any of these characters are amongst my favorite in the high republic but it is their dynamics in the book that i think kept me going when i was listening and it kept made me a lot really interested because they would do something at the end of a chapter and there would be some nice cliffhangers for oh why did they do that or let me learn what's going forward in this person's head so i think the characters were the strongest part of this book let's move on to final thoughts and then scores out of five Senek, what would you give the high republic convergence some of the lulls and some of the repetition earlier on and then just general confusion for me when things kind of jumped rapidly between characters who were quite literally not to be make this a pun but converging into the story uh it it it, I, it made me kind of rewind at times it made me kind of have to like listen a little bit more carefully more than i expected to um so again grateful that we got this early but it, it was a little bit of an adjustment for me but I think that does affect a little bit about how I look at this book. Because as much as I love the characters, it's only really that middle portion. The portion that I kind of alluded to as like being the book to earth version of the story. Um, the ending is all great. I mean, there are moments that I feel are like classic space fantasy, classic Star Wars that put a smile on my face every time I listen to them. Um but like you said, these characters are not like top tier, you know, and it's kind of hard to put non-force users in this very force user heavy era storytelling as like your favorite characters, unless they are very funny or quirky in some way, like a Leox and a Geode. I, I, I really did enjoy them, but they, these characters are incomplete. I think that's our biggest takeaway. Um, you could read A Light of the Jedi or A Rising Storm, and even if these characters are changing and growing in their arcs, they're a complete version of who they are in that book itself. Our four characters are far from being complete. By the end of the book, they're maybe 33%, 50% where they sh are fully personality-wise because there, there's so much about their interactions and not necessarily the full development of their character. We don't, like you said, this dynamic between the newly married prince and princess, there's hints of what could be very different personalities clashing now that they're working together in unison. What does that unison look like? But that's not really a focus of this story. It's, it's just a, a hint of things to come. Our Jedi companions are very much on the side of this story. And I think that was a bit of a negative for me. Like, yeah, sure. Um, Golly works with uh, Greylark and that dynamic, even if I don't love it as much as you do, Liam, it that is probably the richest part of that story for those characters. But neither are complete. Like, I, And then the, the Jedi especially feel like like an inverse Phantom Menace where every Jedi felt like an Obi-Wan Kenobi story-wise. Like, yeah, like, I know you're a main character, but I don't really care too much about you individually. I don't really see what your grand effect on the story is at this point in time. So incomplete there. And then Greylark, for me, 
with some of the more interesting things that were kind of thrown onto him, as interesting as they were, felt loosely connected. And he still has way more in his story to go. There are these incomplete factors to each character, how we focus so much on non-force users to focus on a moment in time in the galaxy in the High Republic era that I appreciate the story taking. I appreciate the character drivenness of it, but it doesn't make it as top tier as the highest as phase one for me. I don't think this is necessarily a great adult novel for someone who's read only the Light of the Jedi, the Rising Storm, and the Fallen Star. And it's like, oh boy, let me see what the next three books of adult novels from the High Republic will offer. This is not a one-to-one experience. This is drastically different. So if I have to give this a score, I I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm juggling between a 3.25, 3.5, probably settle on a 3.25. It's far from a bad book, but there, there, it feels incomplete and the structuring is kind of weird. Some random ideas are thrown in to connect some of the other stuff that we see in the path of the seat. And I, we, we've definitely just had better adult novels in the High Republic alone. So I, I think 3.25 is fair. That's fair. I am definitely higher on it than you. I think this book has pacing issues in its first third. There are a lot of really long chapters, especially past, I would say about chapter four to chapter 11, 12 are quite long. And then the pace starts to pick up. There's a lot of plotting in this book, which I both enjoyed, but also got a little repetitive. I think in those aspects, those are my main negatives. I think it is a book that could be difficult to get into. It doesn't have immediate hook, but I do think if you stick around, the characters are rich enough. And the idea, personally, I enjoyed a nice, the nice refreshing step away from the Jedi a bit here. The High Republic Phase 1 to me has been so much about the Jedi that I liked learning about some of the politics of the Outer Rim planets, especially two planets that seem to be quite important and bigger powerhouses in what is the independent state of the Outer Rim structure here before the Jedi and the Republic start to really infiltrate and dominate what is all the rims and all the parts of the galaxy. So I think this is a good transition point, hopefully politically, to where we are in the High Republic Phase 1. Personally, when we compare it to the other adult novels, it, it obviously is a step down. The High Republic Phase 1 did a great job of all three adult novels giving us really strong characters. And every time it introduced new characters, they were usually quite satisfying while also completing in really interesting arcs for their perspectives. And I do think we're going to get that here. We are going to continue these characters' stories next book. So there will be ultimately conclusions for these arcs but this definitely feels more connected to a series rather than each high republic book in phase one being so connected to the initiative that it closed a lot of stories and really our our story we had the biggest problem with uh, when it comes to the adult novels with fallen star being more open-ended to let a lot of other things wrap up character arcs was one of our negatives but i think here being the beginning rather than the end it i was okay with it i did enjoy the characters but never felt like any of them were top tier but i i think i think the pacing problems are easily my biggest critique with this book and it's why i won't rate it too high but i will give this a three and a half i i did like this book and i think most people who are interested in the higher republic will enjoy it 
and it is it is an open if you are if you listen to this whole review and you're still wondering if you've never read a high republic book you can definitely jump into this there's no real barrier to entry for this book and i think that was kind of a goal with it being the first book in the adult novel line here that they can still allow new readers to jump on without having read all of phase one you can definitely get into it so and i think if i had to put this with the other ones i'd Definitely say Path of Deceit is better. So if you're interested in getting into phase two, jump in with Path of Deceit. But this is right around the Midnight Horizon level of, of Star Wars books. For sure, my least favorite of the four adult novels so far in High Republic. But it's right in the middle of all the stories. I think it is satisfactory and, and quite good in a lot of areas. All right, well, that's going to do it for our review of the High Republic Convergence by Zareta Cordova. Thank you so much for watching. If you haven't yet, please hit that like button down below. Comment below. Let us know your thoughts on the High Republic Convergence. If you want to read it, if you haven't read it, let us know if you want to read it. If you have read it, let us know your thoughts on it down below. Please subscribe to our channel for continued Star Wars content. We get try to give you guys the best Star Wars content on the internet. So keep track with Star Wars Lads for all of that. Thank you again for helping us get to 1,000 subs, but we're going to keep going for more. So I guess now we're on the road to 2,000, 5,000, 10,000, whatever it is, we're going to keep going and keep giving you guys more Star Wars content. So hopefully you stick around with us for all of that good stuff. Thank you so much for watching and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.